as the children are going out, I too want to say welcome to our online audience, to those watching on live stream. Quiero dar la bienvenida a los que están en línea. And I'm excited because today, after worship, I'm going to be trying something new. I hope fun. The idea is to get us connected. Connected not only here in this space, but connected to those that we love and know that are not here in this room. And so at 11.30 this morning, we're just going to have an informal time on Zoom. I'm going to be opening up a room, a virtual room for us to talk on Zoom with people that we maybe haven't seen for a long time. And we're asking them to tie in. If you get the Sunrise email, you should have a link. And if you've ever used Zoom, you know how to do it. And as I said in my promotional video this week, if you don't know how to do it, find a young person who does. And they will get you on, and they will figure it out for you, okay? Vamos a tener una sesión de Zoom a las once y media. Hoy les llegó en el email semanal de la iglesia un vínculo. Y la idea es de interconectarnos los unos con los otros, con los que estamos aquí, pero también con los que están más allá. So I want to invite you to get your Bibles ready. As Cody said, we're, we're in this series on Proverbs. We're getting close to the end. Estamos casi al final de Proverbios. And uh, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 30. That's where we're going to be uh, beginning here in just a few moments. Vamos a comenzar con Proverbios capítulo 30. So over the years, I've learned as a husband and as a father that there are three words that are incredibly hard for me to say. Uh, words that are so hard to say, I almost choke on them. And it's not, I love you. Okay? Hay tres palabras que me cuestan decir como padre, como esposo. The words are, I was wrong. Yo estaba equivocado. I mean, I do not like to say that. But I've also found over the years that if I can muster up the courage to actually spit those words out, I was wrong, it opens up doors. It opens up doors to a healthier, a, a, a better relationship, a more intimate relationship with my wife, with my two sons. It's been a good thing. Si puedo decir esas palabras, si yo estaba equivocado, me abre la puerta a una relación más íntima con mi esposa, con mis hijos. Well, likewise, this morning, I have to admit to you that as a teacher of God's Word and as a student of God's Word, there are some hard words that I, in my pride, fight saying. Como estudiante y maestro de la Palabra de Dios, hay palabras que no quiero decir. Four words. Four words. And those words are, I do not know. Yo no lo sé. It's hard for me to say that. Why? Well, because, first of all, I want to know. Yo quiero saber. And if I don't know, well, then I would like to maybe at least look like I might know something about it. Quiero aparentar por lo menos saber un poco de eso. Certainly that would be better, right? Sería mejor, ¿verdad? Well, not exactly. Not exactly. No es así. Instead, what I found is that if I can get to that point of saying, I do not know, as I look at the scriptures, many times that's a good place to be because it opens the door to something else. It can actually open the door to maturity. It can actually open the door to 
more wisdom. Si puedo admitir que no lo sé, me abre la puerta a la madurez y hasta a la sabiduría. Well, today in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 1, in the very first verse, we're told here that what we have in this chapter are the sayings of Agur, son of Jacob. Dice que son dichos de Agur, hijo de Jaque, en Proverbios 30. And the question that obviously comes up here is, who is Agur? ¿Quién es Agur? And the answer I have for you this morning is, I do not know. Yo no lo sé. I don't know who Agur is. No sé quién es Agur. But in that ignorance, I have to tell you, I'm not alone. No estoy solo. Because it would appear that Bible experts don't know either. Bible scholars aren't quite sure. Los expertos bíblicos tampoco saben. Now they are going to show some guesses to show that they might know something. Uh, some Bible scholars, for example, think that the name Agur might come from a root word that means to gather or to collect. Algunos piensan que Agur quiere decir juntar o, 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 o colectar. And so they're saying, well, maybe this refers to the person who collected all of these proverbs and put them together in this book. A lo mejor es el que colectó los proverbios en este libro. It might even refer to Solomon himself. That Solomon, we've said, is the face of proverbs. Maybe it's talking about him. Se puede referir a Salomón, el que es la cara de proverbios. Maybe. Others say, no, no, that's not it. The name Agur actually comes from a different word, a similar sounding word that means a pilgrim or a traveler. Otros dicen que Agur quiere decir forastero o peregrino. That could be significant because if we go back to the book of Genesis, we're told that Jacob, also known as Israel, said that he was a pilgrim on the earth. Jacobo Israel dijo que era peregrino en la tierra. And the name Israel, we know, means one who struggles with God. Israel quiere decir uno que lucha con Dios. And it's interesting that in Proverbs 30, verse 1, Agur says basically this. He says, I am weary, God. I'm tired, but I will prevail. Estoy cansado, dice Agur. Estoy cansado, Dios, y débil. In other words, these are words of a, of a man who seems to be struggling. Perhaps even struggling with God. Son palabras de un hombre que está luchando, a lo mejor con Dios. And so maybe, maybe Agur represents the people of Israel, some say. A lo mejor representa al pueblo de Israel. Maybe. But the truth is, we don't know. We don't know. No sabemos. There's this gap. There's this gap between what we would like to know and what we actually do know. Hay una brecha entre lo que queremos saber y lo que de veras sabemos. But you see, that's not all bad. Because you see, it's in this gap that I believe Agur is trying to show us that there is something that we can find. There's something in that gap that we can gain. Agur nos muestra que hay algo en esta brecha que podemos ganar. In verse 2 and verse 3, Agur starts out this whole chapter by admitting that he does not know. He admits his ignorance. Agur admite que no sabe nada. Verse 2, I am the most ignorant of men. I do not have human understanding. 
I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Soy el más ignorante de todos los hombres. No hay mi discernimiento humano. No he adquirido sabiduría, ni tengo conocimiento del Dios Santo. So right there, he puts himself in this position of saying, I'm not going to think that I know everything. I'm down here on the gap. I don't know anything. I, I'm starting from square one. I am not a wise person. Él se admite que tiene ignorancia, que no sabe nada, que no tiene sabiduría. And then, in verse 4, he lays out this riddle. It's an incredible enigma. Él nos pone un enigma en versículo 4. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Who has gathered up the winds in the hollow of his hands? Who has wrapped up the waters in his cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and the name of his son? Tell me if you know. ¿Quién ha subido a los cielos y descendido de ellos? ¿Quién puede atrapar el viento en su puño o envolver el mar en su manto? ¿Quién ha establecido los límites de la tierra? ¿Quién conoce su nombre o el de su hijo? Who is it that can go up to the highest heights of heaven and grab on to wisdom and grab on to knowledge and understand it? ¿Quién puede subir a los cielos para agarrar la sabiduría? Who can grasp all of the mysteries down here on earth? ¿Quién puede agarrar los misterios de la tierra? Who can even control the things of this earth? The winds and the waves. ¿Quién controla los vientos los mares? Who, who has the whole ends of the earth under control? Who can do that? ¿Quién puede hacer eso? Not Agur. Agur no. Agur, in a sense, is saying, you know, as a pilgrim, as a traveler in this life, I can collect some things. I can collect a little bit of wisdom here and there. Como peregrino puedo colectar un poco de sabiduría but he can't corral it all. He can't grasp it all. Él no lo puede acorralar todo. So, again, the question is, who is Agur? ¿Quién es Agur? Maybe Agur is us. Maybe Agur is the entire human race. A lo mejor Agur es la raza humana. One thing we can say for sure that we do know, we live in this in-between space. We live in this gap, this gap between the highest heights of wisdom and the deepest depths of wisdom. We're somewhere in between. Vivimos en la brecha entre las alturas y las profundidades de la sabiduría. And Proverbs chapter 30 really is about helping us orienting us so that we who live in this middle space, in this gap, we can learn how to navigate life between those two extremes. Proverbios 30 nos ayuda a navegar la vida entre estos dos extremos. So in verse 7, Agur begins with a prayer. It's an amazing prayer. Hay una oración en versículo 7. He says, two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Solo dos cosas te pido, Señor. No me las niegues antes de que muera. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Aleja de mí la falsedad y la mentira. No me despobreza ni riqueza, sino solo el pan de cada día. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? 
or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Porque teniendo mucho podría desconocerte y decir, ¿y quién es el Señor? Y teniendo poco podría llegar a robar y deshonrar así el nombre de mi Dios. In effect, Agur is saying, God, keep me from becoming so high, so proud, that I forget you. That I disown you. No quiero ser tan altivo, tan orgulloso que yo no te conozco. Don't let me be too high. But God also keep me from going down so low. Becoming so poor and needy that I have to steal. And in doing that, I embarrass you. I dishonor you. No quiero bajar y ser ladrón y así avergonzarte, Señor. Deshonrarte. Oh God, I don't want to go uh, so high. I can't go to the highest heights and I don't want to go to the deepest depths. Keep me in this middle space, God. And in this gap, God, fill me, bless me, help me. Ayúdame, bendíceme, Señor, en este espacio de en medio. I don't want to curse those above me. I don't want to look down on those below me. Just keep me in the middle. No quiero maldecir a los arriba y menospreciar a los abajo. Manténme. Aquí. And then, following that in verses 15 and 16 and beyond, what we find in the rest of the chapter, by and large, are a series of what we call numerical proverbs. Después de la 15, hay una serie de proverbios numéricos. What are numerical proverbs? Well, Bible scholars tell us numerical proverbs, what they do is they gather, again, there's some gathering here, They gather together certain items that are similar. Juntan cosas parecidas. And then they number them. So these numerical proverbs will begin with something like, there are two things. There are three things. There are four things. And then you've got your list. Usan lenguaje como tres cosas hay, cuatro cosas hay, etc. For example, verse 15, 15, the leech has two daughters, give, give, they cry. La sanguijuela tiene dos hijas, solo dicen, dame, dame. Three things. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four that never say enough. Tres cosas hay que nunca se sacen, una cuarta que nunca dice basta. The grave, the barren womb, land which is never satisfied with water, and fire which never says Enough. Es tu pucro, el viento estéril, la tierra que nunca se sacia de agua y el fuego que no se cansa de consumir. That's a numerical proverb right there. And then as we look at the other numerical proverbs in this chapter, it, it's interesting to me that some of them are talking about things that are low, things that are deep, that seem small and yet are important. And powerful. Hay proverbios que hablan de las cosas bajas, pero muy profundas. Look at verse 24, versículo 24. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Cuatro cosas hay pequeñas en el mundo, pero que son más sabias que los sabios. And what are those four things that are small, that are low? Well, ants, and yet they're the strongest thing around. Las hormigas que son muy fuertes. Uh, badgers, they are low to the ground, but you don't want to mess with one. Los tejones son feroces y bajos. There are uh, uh, locusts, langostas, 
One won't hurt you, but they don't tend to travel in ones. They travel in millions, and they can eat you up. Las langostas. And then there's lizards, lagartijas. You can catch one anytime you want, but you'll always find them in places where nobody wants them. Even in king's palaces. Vas a encontrar lagartijas hasta en los palacios de los reyes. These are low things. We should be over them, and yet we can't control them. They're wise. And then there are high things. Hay cosas altas. Verse 29, versículo 29. There are three things that are stately in their stride, four that move along with stately bearing. Tres cosas hay que caminan con garbo y una cuarta de paso imponente. These are things that are stately, proud, high. What are they? Lions, leones, a strutting rooster. Un gallo que se pavonea. A mountain goat, a he goat on the mountains. Un macho cabrío en las montañas. And a king riding out with his army. These are high things, great things in their presentation. And there's something to be learned from them. Un rey con su ejército también. And then there's a, a, a set of numerical proverbs, or one set anyway, where it seems like we've got a mix of things. Hay una mezcla. Look at verses 18 and 19. Versículos 18 y 19. There are three things that are too amazing for me. Four that I do not understand. Tres cosas hay que me causan asombro y una cuarta que no alcanzo a comprender. The way of an eagle in the sky, raso del águila en el cielo. Where's that? That's high. This is alto. The way of a snake on a rock. That's low. Raso de la serpiente en la roca. Es algo bajo. The way of a ship on the high seas, el rastro del barco en alta mar, again, going up. And the way of a man with a woman, el rastro del hombre en la mujer. That's about as deep as you go right there. This is muy profundo. And in all these numerical proverbs, the, the point seems to be that wisdom is about understanding our place. Wisdom is about understanding wh where we as human beings fall in the, in the spectrum of things. That we're not the highest and we're not the lowest, but we're somewhere in between. La sabiduría es entender donde caemos nosotros en el rango de las cosas. Ni demasiado altos, ni demasiado bajos. And then in chapter 30, verse 32, there's a warning for us. Hay una advertencia, versículo 32. If you have played the fool and exalted yourself, or if you have planned evil, clap your hand over your mouth. Si como necio te has engreído, o si algo maquinas, ponte a pensar. Mano a la boca. What's that saying? It's saying, have a sober estimate of where you fall on things. Don't play the fool and put yourself way up there. Exalt yourself so high. No te exaltes como necio. But don't let yourself go down so low that you're plotting evil. Shut up and stay in between. Be careful. No te bajes como para maquinar el mal. Tápate la boca. Mantente en medio. So, if we can't go high enough to find wisdom, and we can't give deacon, get deep enough, we can't go too far down to find wisdom, The question then becomes for us, if we're living in the middle and we're, we're under wisdom, we're, we're over wisdom, we can't get to it either way, 
Where do we go for help? Where are we going to go for wisdom? If we can't go up, we can't go down. Si no podemos subir o bajar para encontrar la sabiduría, ¿dónde la vamos a encontrar? We have an answer in verse 5. Versículo 5. Every word of God is flawless. Perfect. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Toda palabra de Dios es digna de crédito, es, es perfecta. Dios protege a los que en Él buscan refugio. Where can we go to take refuge in a perfect, flawless word of wisdom? If we can't go up and we can't go down. ¿Dónde escondernos en una palabra perfecta de sabiduría? Who has a perfect word for us, a perfect, flawless message of wisdom that will enable us to live this life in the in-between space. ¿Quién tiene una, un mensaje perfecto de la sabiduría por nosotros? In the words of verse 4, what is his name? And what is the name of his son? ¿Cómo se llama él y el nombre de su hijo? Tell me if you know. We sang his name this morning. Yahweh, Yahweh, I am, yo soy, Yahweh, the Lord God, el Señor Dios, and his son's name is Jesus. Jesús es el nombre de su hijo. In fact, Jesus is that perfect, flawless word of wisdom that God's word points us to. He is the word of wisdom who has come down from the highest heights of heaven to the earth and he is able to grasp it all. He is able to understand it all. He holds even the winds and the waves in his hands and when he was on this earth he calmed them with just the sound of his voice. Jesús vino de las alturas del cielo para tener todo en su mano, incluso los vientos y los mares. He is the perfect word of wisdom in whom we can take refuge. Podemos refugiarnos en él. I love how Philippians chapter 2 puts it. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 says that even though Jesus from all eternity was equal to God, he was with God and he was God, John says, from all of eternity. He was on high with the Father. Desde toda la eternidad, el Señor Jesús estaba con Dios y era Dios con el Padre. He did not consider that something to hold on to, but rather he came down. He came down from the highest heights, down to the earth, and became a man for you and for me. Se hizo hombre por nosotros. And he walked this earth. He walked this in-between space in which we're living. But that wasn't enough. He went even further down, it says. He went down, down to the deepest depths, even to the bitter, shameful, agonizing death on the cross for sinners, for you and me. El fue hasta las profundidades muriendo en la cruz por pecadores por nosotros. He who deserved the highest heights went down to the deepest depths. And he did it for us. Those of us who live between. And it says that God therefore 
raised him up, lifted him up from the dead, and gave him the one perfect name above every name. Dios lo levantó de los muertos, le dio el nombre sobre todo nombre. That at that name, Jesus, someday, willingly or not, every single knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. He's the one. He's the word, the perfect word of God. I say, nombre Jesús, toda lengua va a confesar, toda rodilla se va a doblar y confesar que es el Señor. Para gloria de Dios, Padre. And that will be to the glory of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 6 puts it in a different way and yet I believe it is saying very much the same thing. Romanos 16, it's a little bit of a difficult verse to uh, uh, understand but let me see if I can paraphrase it. It says in order to be righteous before God, in order to be right with God in our faith, para ser justos ante Dios, we do not have to go up to the highest heavens to bring Christ down. No podemos subir al cielo para traer a Cristo abajo. We can't do that, but Christ has done that. He's come down for us. We don't have to go get him. He came down. No tenemos que conseguirlo para bajarlo. No, él ya se bajó. And to be right with God, you do not have to go down into the deepest depths of the grave to bring Christ up from the dead. Tampoco tenemos que bajarnos al sepulcro para levantarlo a Cristo. No, he's already risen from the dead. He's done that for us. We, we don't have to do that. We don't have to go to the highest heights and the deepest depths to be right with God. Why? Because all we must do is believe in that one word, that perfect word of God. Hay que creer en esa palabra de Dios. In fact, Romans 10:8 says, the word is near you. The word is not up in heaven or down in the depths. The word is near you. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Esa palabra está cerca de ti, que si confiesas con la boca Jesús es el Señor y crees que Dios lo levantó de los muertos, serás salvo. Here's the deal. We are not able to go to the highest heights of heaven. We cannot get ourselves there by ourselves, by our own righteousness. No podemos subir al cielo por nuestra justicia. There's nothing you and I can do to go any higher than we are right now. We can't go up there. And when we die, we aren't going to be able to go down to the depths and pull ourselves up either. We're not righteous enough to beat death. Cuando muramos, no podemos levantarnos de los muertos. Tampoco podemos bajar. We can't do any of that. And that is why we need a word, a perfect word near us, and that's Jesus. Jesus is that one who has come from the highest heights and the deepest depths so that, the Bible says, he can fill all things. He wants to fill all things. Jesús ha venido de las alturas hasta las profundidades para llenar todas las cosas, and the one thing Jesus fills is the gap between lost sinners and a holy God. That is the most beautiful word there is. That is the most beautiful, flawless, perfect message of all. Él quiere llenar la brecha entre pecadores y Dios y ese es el mensaje perfecto, digno de crédito sobre todos. So I think that Proverbs chapter 30 really can help us 
I think this chapter, if we look at it, can enable us to live with a greater sense of humility and a greater sense of wonder. Este capítulo nos puede ayudar a vivir con humildad y asombro. Humility. Why? Because there are always going to be things we do not understand. There are going to be things we don't understand. Hay cosas que no entendemos, por eso hay que tener humildad. Little things, big things. Like, why did I get up this morning and spill super glue all over the kitchen table? I mean, that was my morning, right? What's up with that? It's a lesson in humility. I think I know what I'm doing, and I don't. I almost glued my fingers together. And wonder, asombro. We can live with wonder that the God of all the universe, the one we sang about, Lord of heaven and earth, would be willing to descend to the pit of hell for me and for you. How could that be? Asombro que el Dios del universo iría a la, a la profundidad del infierno por nosotros. Humility and wonder. A la humildad el asombro. You know what those are? Those are the, the bases for worship and thanksgiving. Son las bases de la adoración y la gratitud. And you know what worship and thanksgiving are? That's the Christian life right there. Worship and thanksgiving. Esa es la vida cristiana. Worship and thanksgiving. Worship and gratitude. And that is a great definition of the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom. Es una gran definición del temor del Señor. Comienzo de la sabiduría. So this morning I want to ask you what might be the bewildering mysteries that you are dealing with, the unsolved enigmas, the, the riddles, the problems, the things in your life that just you don't understand them. ¿Cuáles son los enigmas, los misterios no resueltos en su vida? We all have them. We all have things that are above us and things that we just don't understand the, the depth of them. I've got a number of them. I probably told you about this one, but I'll tell you anyway. It was about 25 years ago, hace 25 años, I'm at work. My wife calls me up. I'm pregnant. Estoy en cinta, me dice. Really? How? I mean, I know how, but really? What? Oh, okay. This is good. Yeah, we didn't expect this, but this is good. Es muy bueno. I was surprised. After I got over the initial shock, all right, let's go. We're going to have a baby. I don't have any girls. I want a girl. Maybe it'll be a girl. I'm mejor va a ser una niña. Four months later, I get another call from my wife, and I'm at my desk. I'm studying. Me llama mi esposa cuatro meses después. We've lost the baby. Hemos perdido al niño. What? How? Como? What's up with that, God? You gave us 
a child we didn't ask for. And then you took that child, and we didn't ask for that either. Nos dio un niño, y después nos lo arrebataste, ni pedimos los dos. What's up with that? I don't know. It's on my list of questions. But this much we can say, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's why I think Proverbs 30 is just hinting a little bit that we need another book to help us with some of these mysteries. And that book is the book of Job. It, it, it goes into some of these things that we can't even begin to understand. El libro de Job empieza a desempacar esos misterios. I want to ask you this morning, what are the mysteries? What are the questions? What are the things that are either too high or too deep for you that you're, you're saying, God, I don't know what's up with this in my life. I don't get it. I, I'm not sure I ever will. ¿Qué pasa con estas cosas? The invitation of Proverbs this morning is to bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the one who can fill the gap. We don't have the answers But in the place of the answers, we have Jesus, the perfect word, the perfect wisdom of God. No tenemos las respuestas, pero en esa brecha tenemos a Jesús, la sabiduría de Dios. And so Romans chapter 11, verse 33, I think, does a great job of summarizing, I believe, what we're, we're looking at this morning. Romanos 11, 33. We've been using this as our, as our dismissal all month. This is what it says. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Que profundas son las riquezas de la sabiduría y del conocimiento de Dios. Que indescifrables sus juicios e impenetrables sus caminos. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given To God, that God should repay him. ¿Quién ha conocido la mente del Señor? ¿Quién ha sido su consejero? ¿Quién le ha pago, dado primero a Dios para que luego Dios le pague? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Porque todas las cosas proceden de él, existen por él y son para él y a él sea la gloria por siempre. Amén. Let's go to the Lord with the things that we are wondering about right now. Vamos al Señor con nuestros, con nuestros misterios. Heavenly Father, it's good for us to remember where we are, who we are, es bueno saber dónde y quiénes somos. We are finite, limited human beings, sinful and lacking. Somos pecadores finitos con límites, Señor. But in that, it is also good to remind ourselves who you are. You are the infinite, unlimited God of heaven and earth, and you have 
done the most mysterious thing in coming to be with us to send your son to die for us. Eres el Dios sin límites, el Dios infinito que has llegado hasta nosotros con la palabra tuya, el Señor Jesús. You've come to us with a word, a word that is not only in our mouths and in our hearts, but a word that that is real, a word that is with us by the Holy Spirit, and that word is Jesus. Has venido con una palabra que está cerca de nosotros, con tu espíritu, y esa es la palabra y la persona de Jesús. Lord, we just take a few moments right now to humbly give you thanks. Con humildad te damos gracias. We humble ourselves and admit we don't know so much. No sabemos tanto. But we thank you. We thank you this morning that because of your love for us, we can know one thing. We can know how to be with you forever through Jesus. Por tu amor podemos sí saber cómo estar contigo siempre en el Señor Jesús. If there's somebody here this morning who has never confessed with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, never believed in their heart that you have been raised from the dead, Dear Jesus, let them say so today in faith and lean upon you with all their heart. Si alguien no te ha confesado o no ha querido en tu nombre, que hoy sea el día que digan, Señor, entra en mi vida. Continue to lead us towards maturity, we pray. Ayúdanos a ser madureces cada vez más. We ask this in the name above every name, in the one true, flawless word of God given to us through the scriptures, the flawless written word of God. Gracias por la, la palabra perfecta de Dios. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. En el nombre del Señor Jesús oramos. Amen.